Hi, I'm Aaron and welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast, where we explore, well, you guessed it, hip hop. I'll be interviewing the best artists in the game while also taking some time to appreciate some new and classic albums. Make sure you like and subscribe to the show and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for any upcoming news and guests. Also, don't forget to check out my new Patreon under Hip Hop Hustle that will give you exclusive content and help me keep the show running and getting better. All right, let's get into it. All right, there we go. Recording is live. Welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast. I'm with a fantastic producer, uh, and I reckon we don't, you know, give credit to producers enough in hip hop in general, but also maybe a little bit on the show. But fantastic producer, OGs, uh, and he goes by OGs on the track. So you would have heard his kind of sign off in in the beginning of the tracks. He's worked with some amazing artists, Tracy Lee, who obviously was on the show as well, but Lloyd Banks and a bunch more. But man, uh, you've got you know, a really interesting story in terms of your journey in hip hop and kind of, you know, going through the stages, but, you know, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Matt, thanks for having me. I definitely appreciate this. And yeah, you're definitely right. It's not a lot of, not a lot of shine that gets put on to producers too much, you know, it's like, yeah, we, we pretty much make the majority of the track, but yeah, we get put to the side a lot. So any opportunity that I have to, you know, talk, I appreciate it for real. Well, how do you handle something like that? Like, obviously, you know, no one goes into the music industry for, well, a lot of people might, but generally you don't go to the music industry just to, for credit. But then again, yeah. getting credit and getting recognized is how you promote your business because then when people know who you are, they're like, oh, he did this, therefore he's really good and I'm going to continue to give him, you know, the next job. But how do you kind of overcome that challenge? Well, basically, in the beginning, of course, it's just about the grind, you know, like how hard you're willing to work, you know, and with me, it was always, a, a, I really didn't care about, you know, like being known or the fame of it or anything like that. Like, I still have a long way to go. But for the most part, you know, my journey began with my first track for Lloyd Banks. And after that, things started kind of like spiraling a little bit more because I didn't give up. It took a minute for me to actually get another placement after that. So it's like, okay, you get this high and like, yes, I finally got a placement and then get knocked right back down again. And like, okay, when is the next one coming? So what I usually did, man, I just kept going. And I'd say that to anybody, you have to keep going. You cannot stop in this business because this business will not stop to you at all so you got to make sure that you're on top of your game 24 7 keep grinding and when people start to notice they're very visual so when they start to see that work ethic and they see oh he's doing that he's doing this he's doing that then your name starts to get put up into higher places because they see that oh this guy's been doing it for a minute and he's i guess he's about he's, he's about what he talks about so that's how it was with me. It took me a while and it took me a minute to do things for free for a minute. Like I, I was doing stuff for free for years because I just wanted people just to just to hear my music. That was it. And then that got me placements as well, you know, and then that took me to another level as far as understanding the 
business of it, understanding publishing and royalties and points and all that, all that came along with the journey. So I say that to say this, you got to grind. That's how you overcome anything. Just keep grinding, you know? I'll definitely ask about the Lloyd Banks track at some point, but I can't resist asking this question. Do you think that there is too much focus at, you know, early days to make money very quickly? Like, do you think that the, you know, doing stuff for free, i.e., you know, volunteering, getting your name out and just focusing on that is kind of pushed to the side by how quickly can I earn that check? Especially nowadays, yeah. You know, like um, nowadays, it's all about, you know, the fast buck. You know, can I make this amount of money this quickly? Um, like everybody understands, yeah, we got to eat, you know, but at the same time, you know, is it worth you sacrificing, giving an exclusive track for a low price or making sure that you're trying to get that longevity? You want to play the short game or you want to play the long game? And that's the way it is with this business. It's like, yeah, you can do stuff, you know, uh, get paid a large amount of money up front for certain things, but is your name really going to get out there because of that? You know, it's, 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 it's a sacrifice. It's a balance, you know, between the two. So that's why it's so important that, you know, in the beginning, especially when I started, like I said, I did things for free for a while, you know, um, but nowadays, yeah, that, that gets pushed to the side because, you know, everybody's thinking, yo, I'm trying to make, I'm, I'm just trying to make this money and that's it. And that's how it is with the artistry too. You know, they just trying to, they trying to get in, get the money and get out. But what's that's going to do? That's going to sustain for probably like, you know, maybe a year or so. <laughs> if you don't blow it on something crazy and that's, that's, that's before it taxes, you know? So it's a crazy game, you know, but that does, it does get pushed to the side a lot. You know? Yeah, I think there's the, it's almost like the dream of being a career artist versus the reality of being a career artist. Because, mm-hmm. like, I always look at people, you know, like your Kanye's and your Jay Z's, your Dr. Dre's, but they didn't make money the first time they made a beat. They didn't make money the first time they made a track. Like, they were nope. still hustling. And there is, you know, a story of, like, Jay-Z and there, and he's coming up at the beginning. He wasn't sure whether he pursues music or continues his hustling ways on the streets because he exactly. didn't see the money come very quickly. But at the right. end of the day, time and consistency kills everything else. Like, that's the the real reality. Like, you look at those people that... Definitely over time, you will make the money. But if you just rush it, you can sign contracts that you don't want to sign. You may make some silly moves that will hurt you long term, even though they look good short term. (laughs) Right. Right. And that's the thing. Like, that's so focused on that short term. You know, like, I'm trying to make music with people that that, want to think, you know, into the future, that want to make timeless music. And that's the thing. That's what it's not enough of nowadays is timeless music. That music that when you first hear it, it puts you into a certain place because you a certain feel makes you think something, a pull a memory out of your brain way back. It just gives you a vibe. Nowadays, it's hard to come about that now because everything is so saturated. You know, everything pretty much sounds the same. And 
it's repetitive and it's like, okay, but I mean, but like you said, in the beginning, yeah, I mean, you, you got to make that, you got to make that sacrifice for yourself. You know, do you want to play the short game or the long game? Do you want to get, get paid a large money up front or do you want to get paid and get paid the right way through your publishing and everything like that? Because that's playing the long game. That's making sure that you have something to eat on for the rest of your life. And that's where I, 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 I put my trust in, you know, I always have put my trust in that, you know, and you will get some that come along the way that, that will, you know, pay you a, a large amount of money up front, especially with different labels and certain things like that. But I mean, for the, for the majority of it, man, I'm in it for the long game. You feel me? Well, I think that's a, a smart move, but you, you touched on people on music and, you know, timeless music. Who did you look up to? as you're kind of growing up, as you're kind of, you know, developing yourself as an artist, who were you looking to as like inspiration and who do you still look to as inspiration? Okay. First of all, like when I, when I was coming up in the house, my father used to play nothing but jazz. I mean, jazz throughout the whole entire house every Saturday morning and things of that sort. So I was always keen to Herbie Hancock. Quincy Jones, you know, um, um, oh my goodness, man, I can't even think of think, oh, Chick Korea, those type of those type of guys, you know, um, coming up. And then I started getting into more so of, you know, when I could understand it, like the hip hop era, and like to this day, one of my favorite producers is uh the RZA. Like the RZA, he that the sound that he had and developed Wu-Tang was so inspiring to me because I've never heard nothing like that before in my life. And it was like, that was a game changer for me. And so like to this day, I still study what some of the things that he does, especially from back then and now what he's doing with cinema. So it's like a a, a great um, inspiration to me, man. Um, Of course you got Timbaland and Pharrell, you know, and now, you know, like on the R&B side, of course, I looked at my man, Troy Taylor. He's like one of the, he's a GOAT. <laughs> he's a GOAT. So it's like, I look up to these, to, to these individuals because it develops me as, an, as a producer to not think one specific way, to be like Bruce Lee said, to be like water, to be versatile, you know, not, not to just give in to one certain thing. So those are the type of dudes that inspired me, man. Yeah. So what do you think it is about RZA that allowed him to essentially revolutionize music? Because I've had this discussion as well with some of my friends and uh, one of my close friends, he thinks RZA is the greatest producer of all time because of <laughs> what he did with Wu-Tang. I personally think it's DJ Premier, but I say that literally almost every episode on this podcast. Uh, but uh, what do you think it was about RZA that kind of, gives him that clout that really, because he did change the game in terms of what he was doing sonically. To be honest, I'm going to be real. Like, I don't even think it was just the, the sonic approach. I really think it was just, he he grabbed on to something that everybody, and I mean everybody at a young age was into, Kung Fu. Everybody loved it. Everybody rushed to it. And 
it's like, okay, you got the best of both worlds. You got Kung Fu and you got hip hop. You put those two together, it was just <laughs> it was like, okay, now we got something crazy. And that's what I think that made it so influential, especially back then, because everybody, that's when, you know, the, you would go to the cinemas and you would, you know, play the joints back to back, a Kung Fu flick come on back to back. And you got the specials, you know, that run all day and you go to the theater and you watch them. And then to hear those type of sounds within that music, it's just like, yo, this is, this, this is a game changer right here for real. And that's what I think gravi people gravitated to the most because he, he latched on to what was hot, that Kung Fu. And, and kung fu flicks man that's what i yeah well i never actually thought about it like that i literally never thought about it like that but do you think there's a modern equivalent like you know there's a 2021 equivalent or you know 2010s equivalent where like there is something that's so influential that people are using i mean to me there's like you know almost in a way kind of drug culture is the is the big thing now yeah. but it's kind of overplayed in a way but do you think there's something that hasn't been explored yet um <laughs> you know it was a sound but it didn't really it didn't kick off as much as i would have liked it to but the whole you know that whole video game sound that whole 8-bit era type of sound and it was influenced into um like the, the like the 2004 era when you had like little you had like little flip and he had this song game over and all this other stuff like that type of sound i i believe that could have been tapped into a lot more logic does some of that type of stuff still but i think that that's one thing that could be explored a lot more you know um especially now they got that whole um genre of uh I think it's called boom trap where you, you it's a mixture between boom bath and trap music and that's what kind of like logic and um what's his name um joiner lucas and you know those type of guys that they that's how the, the type of beats that they pick but um but yeah man like i think that the, the, the video game era could be way dope you know just just because i'm a i'm a big fan of it you know period you know like I know me personally, like if I was to incorporate that into my production, like I could do it, but for this, but I think that I would have had to start from the jump doing it to be able to be like, yo, this is it. So people can actually understand like what I'm trying to do. If I just tried to jump into that right now, I think that it wouldn't, it, it really wouldn't click as well. You know, I could do that for a couple of tracks, but to be, known as the guy that does that like just like uh rizza is with uh, kung fu yeah i would have to start that from the jump you yeah know? you're gonna have to and start from the beginning almost to be like all yeah. right i've changed my yeah. whole style but i mean how do you <laughs> bring it together because you touched on trap and boom bap um obviously mm -hmm. growing up you're listening to boom bap and now trap is the wave how do you combine those things because i mean some of your production literally mm -hmm. combines those two. And I love when you use right. you know, vocal samples with like, to me, you use a vocal sample and you got my ear straight away because like you, you can even take away 
the rapper because the actual instrumental yeah. is so nice. But how do you blend the two and find a balance between, you know, hitting your roots but also hitting what is modern and what people are really looking for? That's just having an ear, you know, just being able to adapt and, and being able to adapt to what people know now and what people are familiar with. So that's kind of like what I do. I've done, I've, I've, I've done it with like my artist, um, Nizza, and I've done it with Tracy many a time, you know, to be able to capture, um, you know, the old and the new, you know, and it's just about bridging a gap in your sound selection, you know, um, to be able to put a soul sample over some trap drums. Sometimes people, certain people may not understand it, but it just feels good because you get that low end and from the 808s, but yet you get that soul, you know, from, from the sample and the vocal chops. And you're like, yo, what, what is, what is this? It's just refreshing. You know, it's just something to, 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 to cleanse the palate, to get people to understand like, yo, it's a lot of, it's a, it's a, it's a different vibe out here, you know, that you don't have to be sucked into to, to be forced to listen to all the time. You know, it's different things out here. And when you combine those things, like I said, be like water. <laughs> be like well, I think water. you're definitely yeah. right though, that like when you add that like sample of soul, it, it like softens it in a way. It adds like this mm-hmm. feeling that you don't get from just your generic beat and you're finding a lot of generic beats right now but like one of my favorite things is like when you find a trap beat but it's got something unique in it like a unique Mm -hmm. instrument or a unique sample and it's got just like those unique parts and that's kind of how you just stay ahead of the game because you're always kind of working on your next thing right that's true that's true like it's it's just one of those things where you have to be elusive you have to understand you know, where you're, where you're headed, where you're going at, you know, with every single track that you do, whatever type of production, whatever sounds you're using, you just got to be a student of the game 24 seven, you know, cause this, this music game, it changes all the time. So it's just important for you to understand like, okay, that's changing. How can I stay myself, but yet let people in to understand like, yo, I'm, I, I can do something different, but yet still be myself. You know, that's the, that's hard, you know, that's very hard, especially being like a producer that does it all as far as like R&B, trap, dubstep, pop, whatever it is, like to be able to capture all of those audiences, it puts a strain on you because it's like, okay, if I do this, this way will flat from other people that say, yo, you shouldn't do that. And then what I want, what I realize is I don't care. When people say, I don't care, like that just makes me more of an elusive producer, you know, just to be able to do all of that. And I, that's why I'm so thankful to have like guys like Young Guru, you know, like, like, like really as a mentor to be able to tell me like, yo, you got it. Like you got it. And to hear something like that from him is like, what? <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. I must be doing something right. And I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> So when did you start? Like, when did you start and when did you make the decision of like, this is what I want to do? After the Lloyd Banks uh, placement, which was actually in 
2009. I've been doing this for a minute. That was in 2009. And that's when I realized, like, okay. Like, at first it was surreal because I was like, I, I, I was like, wait a minute. Like, he, he actually chose my track. And it wasn't just one. It was, like, multiple that, that spread out through, like, several of his um, mixtapes. And I'm like, yo, that's what's up. So that pretty much gave me the confidence in knowing, like, yo, okay, I'm, I, I can really do this. You know, so that's when I, I actually um, I went to uh, school for music production. I went to uh, Sheffield Institute for Recording Arts. And just to kind of, like, understand mixing and mastering and things of that sort. Um, then I, I was going around to other studios and, and just being under other engineers, and other producers to be able to kind of like coach me and just watch, just to be able to sit there and watch what they're doing. And, um, that really helped me a lot. So just from all that, that pretty much like gave me the feel that I needed to keep going and, you know, like, yeah, this is. This is the career choice, you know, and to look at it as that, not, not just something that I like to do, but something that, you know, is going to be my life. And that's the thing. Like, so after that placement, that's when I said, OK, let's 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 do it. Just dive head, head first. Yep. And so for how many years were you making beats before that? <laughs> um, I actually started making beats when I was like 14 and my my. uh. My, my brother Clark, man, he he gave me some um he, he gave me the crack version of Fruity Loops when it first came out, and I was like, what is this? And <laughs> we were just up there playing around with it, and I'm like, yo, like you can make music like this, and and so after that, I took it home and I just started messing with stuff, and I'm 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 literally pulling samples from everything. I'm trying to sample like. Stuff like Johnny Quest and Transformers and all this other stuff, like just doing crazy things with it. And I'm like, okay, this is kind of fun. And then, like, probably like a year later, I'm in, I'm at, uh, I'm in high school, and uh, then people just started noticing because I was the first person to actually put Fruity Loops on the school computer, <laughs> and they was like, what in the world? So. They looking at me like, what you doing? And I'm like, making beats, like, making beats. Like, what are you talking about? So people started to know me as the guy that made beats. That's it, because I was quiet in school. So everybody just knew me as the guy that made beats. And in, in the lunch, in the lunchroom in the cafeteria, uh, I would have my, my headphones and my uh and my CD player listening to the beats that I made and just giving just passing around. And people just start, start freestyling. They got their, their, their radios and they put the the beats on and they just having fun over my tracks. And so like, I was like, yo, that's, this is cool. And so that gave you a little bit more confidence. Like, Oh, okay. All right. Then by the time I graduated and then that's when, like, that's when I did have the, uh, uh, the Lloyd Banks placement, you know? And I was like, yeah, okay. Now we here, now we here. So after that, like I took a dive because like, it took so long for like my next placement. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know like who to reach out to and anything like that. I'm trying, I'm just scrambling at this point, you know, I'm still making beats, you know, but it was just like, okay, so is that it? Like, do they contact me? Do I contact them? Like, how does this happen? 
But fortunately, um, that's how I actually uh, met my, my man, Tracy Lee. <laughs> I met him actually, uh, it was a group I was producing uh, called Starvation and we had a uh, track um, and uh, our manager at the time, he knew Tracy Lee because Tracy was his, his, uh, his lawyer. And so like, we was like, Tracy Lee, we was like, all right, cool. And I knew who he was, like a couple of other, other guys didn't really know because they was younger. So they didn't really know. And then when they actually went back and seen like what he did, they're like, oh, him. So man, as soon as that happened, we locked in the studio and uh, we made a crazy record. And that's, that's when the uh, relationship started, right then and there. And uh, years later, we just kept building and building and building. And um, so, so actually producer for Trey led me on to a lot of other people, which I know we'll get to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Well, it's, it's so weird because like when I spoke to Trey, he's like, yeah, I'm a lawyer. I'm like, I'm a qualified lawyer. And it's so weird yeah. that you would have met him and you're like, you're a lawyer. Like it, because obviously you recognize him and you're like, this is not the image that I pictured of the individual on the tracks that I've listened to. So like it must've taken a second to be like, okay, I'm actually in the room with this, with this person that I've listened to and he is completely different to what I expect. Yep. Yep. It was crazy. Like the first time I met him, you know, um, I'm just, I'm thinking, you know, the many faces days and, you know, the cornrows, Tracy Lee and everything like that. And we get in the studio, I mean, like, you know, regular tracksuit, haircut, you know, real cool, calm, collected, you know, and, and but still a monster on the mic. And I'm like, yo, this is crazy. Like, I, I didn't, you would never put the two with that. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. So. But I love that man to death, man. It's just so crazy that you would you, you would not you would not put two and two together, you know. But that man, the man is a is a dope lyricist and a dope entertainment lawyer. <laughs> yeah, literally. So yep. shout out to to Trey Lee. Obviously, uh, you know, been on the podcast, but obviously a huge uh, kind of inspiration for for ogs as well and you know work a lot together so a huge number of the the tracks together but when when you look in hindsight so you know you get that placement on with lloyd banks do you look at okay this is what i should have done at the time like is there kind of like i waited too long or i should have gone out and you know really pushed it like what do you think you should have done or you could have done to kind of maximize that move i think well with the with the Lloyd Banks situation, the reason why things took so long after that and even during that process, because this story is funny. So actually, somebody else tried to take credit for the track that the first track that I placed with him. Um Do you around that, that track time. Called? Yeah, it's called SOD. It was on the um returning the POK mixtape that he had. And um it had a video for it and everything. So it was, uh, it, I, I was actually with a, I had a partner at the time and uh, we, we, I made the track, but he submitted it. So he submitted the track 
And um, I think he has submitted like a couple other tracks that he produced, but they didn't pick it. So they, they picked mine, but yet he told, um, what's his name? Oh, DJ Superstar J, because DJ Superstar J was the host of the mixtape. He told him to shout his name up. And um, then later on, tried to, you know, to credit for the track and everything. I called him. I said, yo, what's going on? I'm like, because they, they didn't mention me at all. So I'm like, yo, what is up? He's like, yo, I don't know what happened. What happened with that? You got to. Okay. So what I did was I did some searching, you know. And um, fortunately, I got, in, I got in touch. Uh, I got in touch with Superstar J. And I actually have the actual um, uh, multi-track section. I got the session files. Like, yo, look, I don't know what dude told you or whatever, but I'm the producer of the track. My name is OJS. This, that, and the third. Just laid it all out. Showed him everything. He was like, yo. He was like, yo, we've been looking for you. I was like, what? <laughs> he was like, yo, we've been looking for you. I was like, for real? He was like, yeah. Yo. I was like, okay. He was like, yo, we got like two other tapes, man. We trying to get you on. I'm like, and that's how the other tracks came about um, on the other mixtapes. Uh, it was the uh, Cold Corner mixtapes that he had, had a couple other tracks. And I was like, yeah. And it's just crazy, yo, because that was that was around the era where, you know, mixtapes were going crazy in the streets. They were selling better than albums and everything. And it's like that was that was a blessing and in, in disguise because that's what wised me up on taking care of your business first, making sure that all your stuff is copyrighted and you, you, you know, just, just basically you got all your paperwork, you know, documented. So anything like that happens again, no, nah, it's not going to happen. So that's why um, later on, I was kind of like iffy about trying to send tracks out and stuff like that. But I went ahead and I did it. You know, but so I started just working with a, 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 a lot of local individuals and everything like that. And that pretty much got my name buzzing in, in, in the city a bit. So um, then after I got buzzing in the city, the group that I was uh, uh, producing for, they was, they was blowing up. And I mean, they, we had a show. Kendrick Lamar, we was the only openers for that joint. And for the oh. 5,000 people or something like that, it was crazy, man. That was when Good Kid City, um, Good Kid, Bad City came out. And um, my favorite album that, of Kendrick's, was, to be honest, my favorite album of Kendrick's, that is unbelievable. That album, man, it's crazy, bro. Crazy. And that, that, that was surreal to be able to, to vibe, to, you know, see the man in person and talk to him and things of that sort. Yo, that was a, that was a game changer right there, you know, for me personally. But yeah, it's just like one situation can change your whole outlook on certain things. And that's why I was like, okay, if I, if I just took that for what it is and just threw it over my shoulder, like a grain of salt, then I wouldn't, um, I don't think I'd be where I am now as far as the mindset, because being able to go through that and be like, yo, I don't, I'm not going through this anymore. I'm not, you know, and to really say that and to act on it, you know, that, that, that's what really helped me out. You're going to go through things like that, you know, in this business. And um, I'm, I may go through it again later on in my life. You just may never know. But the thing is, I'm going to be well prepared for it 
it's never gonna happen like that again. So that's how uh yeah, man. So that's that was pretty much that whole process, you know, and being able to wise up and just humble yourself, like, yo, okay, that happened, I'm never gonna let it happen again. Yeah, yeah. I think you need to go through those struggles so that you learn. Like it's yeah. it's never a failure, it's just a learning opportunity. That's like that's it, you know. I can only imagine how many mistakes you've made on tracks, how many times you've made a track and you're like, that sucks. And I put in this time and it's just no good. And then I have to go back and I rework it. And the same happens with this. Like, you know, it. everything that I do, I've made a mistake first. And then I'm like, oh, that was shit. Never do that again. Because right. you have a hundred parts of work that you have to do to fix it. And it's a nightmare, but it's like just that continual process and that journey, it's all about that long-term journey, as we said at the beginning. Exactly. Yep. In terms of Kendrick, though, I was going to ask, did, what was that like? Like, did you, was it just like, hey, how are you doing? Or was it like a, a a long conversation? Like, how was that in terms of meeting? Obviously, right now, the person who he is right now is a little bit different to when you open for him. He's, he's much bigger. Right. But could you see that in terms of where he was headed? Yeah, yeah, it's art. So basically how it happened. Um, so we the, the the group that I produced for it had got selected um at this I forgot what college it was, but the the kids, the college kids actually selected us um to 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 open for Kendrick just because they they love the music so much. And by the way, the album that they selected was the one that Tracy Lee was on, and it's crazy. So um, they just love, they just love the vibe of us. And and when we got there, crazy, you see the tour buses, the TDE tour buses and all that. And um, we get in there, we chilling for a while, it was two big tables. And um my homie, yeah, went out to to the, he went out to the uh to the car to grab something. And as he's coming out, Kendrick is coming in, and he was like, and I said, man, Kendrick right there. Like, I guess he got a froze. He didn't know he, you know, he didn't really say much. But um, so, but the thing is, before um they was about they was getting ready to to go and open up, uh, me and my homie, we stayed back. Kendrick came back out. He was like, yo, what's up, fellas? And uh gapped up and he was like, he was like, man, he was like, yo, I appreciate y'all doing this tonight. He was like, yo, nah, like we had appreciate the opportunity for real like this is this is amazing and to be the only openness at that like oh that was wild and when i say like they like the people were going crazy like i mean they they were crazy you know it was it was like the best show uh ever and that gave they gave us kind of like the taste of how things were to come so to be able to just say hello how you doing thank you uh you know where you guys from this that and the third just a, a a small mutual conversation was life changing, you know. And to be able to see him at that point, you know, starting out like on his tour, and it was like, yo. And to see where he's at now, that was so dope. That was so dope to actually be like, yo, actually, like, really talk to this man for real, <laughs> you know, when he was coming up, you know. So that was amazing, man, for real. And also, you contributed to to a part of his success obviously you know you're not like the puppet master but there's you know right, you played no. a part in the in the story 
you know, of like his journey. And, and I can only imagine because when he came down, he opened for Eminem uh, in Australia. So he opened, J. Cole opened, Action Bronson. And like, again, it was like before I had the chance to really know how big Kendrick was about to become. You know what? Because Eminem was the opener, but like to have Kendrick, Eminem, J. Cole all in the one show, I look back and I'm like, I didn't appreciate it enough because in terms of who they are right now, they're like the biggest right. game, the name, the biggest names in hip hop ever. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, you know, to, but to just, just to be in, you know, amongst that is, is, is a blessing, man, you know, because to actually, like you said, contribute in some sort of way, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of weird when you think about it, you know, like I never really thought of it that way, you know, the way you described it, like, you know, actually contributing, you know, to that, but that's, that's true. That's definitely true. You know? So yeah, that made me feel good, man. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> and and contributing good. to Lloyd Banks and Trey Lee, like yeah. all these things. So like, that's why I think producers don't get enough credit because like the artist will get a lot of the credit and artists deserve credit. But sometimes the reason a track is hot is the beat. And sometimes it's the only reason a track is hot because I've heard so many tracks I've got in my playlist that are like, I don't care what the artist is talking about right now. They are literally, their voice is just a sound to me and it's the instrumental that is important. So, you know, I'm a big fan of people using, you know, their signature in the track so you know who yeah. it is because I don't think people did that enough. Right. Right. That is that is definitely true. You know, like just like when you hear when you hear a Neptune's track, you know that's a Neptune's track. Or you hear a Timberland beat, that's a Timberland beat. You know, like when with me, it's funny because I was talking to Trey and he was saying, like a lot of people have said this, they said like they can hear my track and it'll sound like on the album, it'll sound like it's 10 different producers or that one album, but if they didn't hear that old jazz or the track, they would have never known that it was my track. I was like, that just that's just how I am because, like I said, that just goes to being versatile, you know, and to be able to kind of like move within the shadows a bit. And I love that. I, I love that. And to be honest, that is my sound. <laughs> to be honest, to not really have a sound. But it's like... Um, but I do say this, though, like when it comes to me, I always, always try to pay homage to the past. I always try to do that, you know, within any of my music, even if it's a trap beat or whatever. Like you may hear some you may hear some type of boom bat drums or a, a, a drum break or something like that, you know, just to break the monotony of the pound of the 808, you know, just to sweeten it up a little bit. I, that's I do that a lot so i guess you could say that contributes to my sound the other thing is like your everyday fan won't be able to differentiate you know producers beats you know what i mean like unless they're the greats like you know those like you said the the rizzes you know those people you you know their beats the timberlands you know their beats but like yeah for the general listener they're never going to have the ear or even pay attention or even want to know who the producer was because they're just casually listening. So if it sounds good, it sounds good. They won't actually try to research, you know, who's got the credits, 
who did this, who did that. So I think that signature is so important purely because yep. even if they don't consciously remember it, they will subconsciously remember it. And it's also fun to say, like, you know, when, yeah. whenever it's like, I mean, one of my favorite to say is like London on the track. And it reminds me of yours. It's like London on the track. And I just right. love <laughs> saying this, oh, geez, on the track. And it's just like <laughs> engage. It's like you just engage with it on another level. So I'm a big fan of it. You know, you might as well put your name on there. You deserve the credit. And then it adds to, right. the, to the track as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. And then like people, I had somebody go in my, uh, in my comments and it was like, yo, I just listened to something. I forgot what they said. I listened to something and I heard, oh, jazz on the track. And I was like, I knew this show was just going, I knew it was going to be hot just because I was like, oh, all right, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> like, <laughs> when I, when I hear stuff like that, I'm like, yo, that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. You know, that, that people get excited when they hear that they know like, oh, something good is coming. And that's, 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 that's a blessing, man. I, I, I love it when I hear things like that, stories like that from people that really take a keen interest into what I do, you know. It must be really good, especially when you're having like difficult days or difficult weeks to just get feedback like that. It like keeps you going in those moments where you're like having self-doubt. Facts. Yeah, that is definitely true. Because like, like I said, in this business, especially when you're trying to do something to the best of your ability every single day. It's like sometimes you do get discouraged if things don't go your way, you know, or as fast as you want them to go or something like that. But it's reassuring when you have people that still be like, yo, bro, I love what you do. You one of the best. You just that and third. I'm like, man, that's those are the that's what keeps me going. To be honest, that's the type of stuff that keeps me going. Especially when people DM me, um, you know, just to say, what's up? I heard your music. Uh, I love it. And uh, just keep keep up the good work. Something simple like that, you know, is amazing to me. And I really appreciate everyone that has said that or is thinking that or just have listened to my music. You know, big shouts to everybody that has, you know, including you, buddy. You know, <laughs> including you. Yeah. Does it surprise you how many people you reach? Sometimes it does. You know, I think that just comes from where I'm from, you know, from being from Baltimore, Maryland. And it's like sometimes yeah, we get we get overlooked a lot, you know, here in the city. But I think that contributes to the mentality that a lot of the producers or artists have here. Um, it's that it's, it, to be honest, it's wherever you go sometimes it's just that crab mentality, you know, trying to get to the top, people trying to bring you down. Um, it's, it's, it's not necessarily like how it is in, in ATL in Atlanta, where it's that brotherhood where people, you know, like you can go down there. Like I've, I've been down there so many times and the vibe is just different because everybody is, they, they, they're hospitable. They want to work with you. They just, they love, they just love to work and they work with one another. And that's what's so dope about it. So like, me, me and a few of my other producer buddies here, you know, we're trying to do the exact same thing that they're doing down there because it's that's what it's about. It's about reaching other individuals, other talented individuals, you know, and, you know, putting them into the forefront more and not worried about 
oh man, he he gonna get hotter than me, or you know, he's going further than me. No, 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 don't don't look at it like that. Look at it as yo, you helped within that person's career, and you don't think that that person is gonna remember that? Of course they're, because you helped them when they was in that that state of doubt, you know. So that's 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 what I contribute everything to you know I love to be able to help artists you know the best way I can even if that's just to make sure that their music sounds amazing as far as like mixing or whatever it is you know just give the best that I can give them for myself and also you start to get recognized as the person who supports others and so you will get brought up with that energy like there's it's like you know it's to me it's like karma like, you know, you will, if you do the right thing, people will remember that and they will talk about you and then other people will seek you out. And because of that, you will go on your own journey of success. But if you try to shoot people down, then people will do the opposite. They will go, no, 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 stay away because they didn't help me at all when I needed help. And so like you right. have that choice, you can go the negativity or you can go positive and, you know, your success is my success. Like I truly believe that, like, you know what I mean? And people ask me, would you ever try to, you know, catch people out in your interviews? And I'm like, why would I? Because why would you, like, you wouldn't want to come on ever again if I tried to trick you or tried to, you know, set you up to make yourself like look bad. You know what I mean? So it's like that positive intention is really important because then other people will be like, hell yeah, I go back or hell yeah, I want to work with that person again. Because otherwise you just, you hurt yourself in the long term. That is very true. Very true. And I've, I've, I've seen it. I've seen it like firsthand, you know, just people with bad attitudes and, you know, that, that term blacklisting, it, it, it exists. Like if you come in with a bad attitude, you know, like people are going to remember that they will never, I don't care how talented you are, they're never going to want to work with you again, ever. And, you know, that's why it's just so important, you know, music with Music is a, it's an experience, you know, it's a, it's a vibe. If I can't be able, if I'm not able to, you know, talk to you and be cordial and have fun, you know, and producing a record with you, then I don't want to do it because it's like mentally I'm not into it or I can't, I, I can't get into it. And then that's when you start feeling robotic and it's like, no, it's, it's not the best case scenario to make a great product. It's not. You know, when that person is mutually there to work to, to, and to have fun, that's the main thing. People forget to have fun. Have fun in your, in, in, in your work. Yes, the work is getting done, but have some fun while you're doing it, you know? And I swear, like, certain, certain, um, I've been in studios with, like, I want to say drill sergeant type of producers that, look, we got to do this. We got to work this way. We got to do this. We got to mix this. How is that helping the artists? You know, like you didn't even ask them, you know, like, how are you feeling today? You know, what, how's this song? You know, what, what, what do you, what's your ideas on this song? You know, to really interact with the artists. Like y'all, y'all are trying to make a product together. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the main thing, you know. So, why wouldn't you want to interact with the artist? 
You just want to be a zombie in there the whole day, just clicking buttons. That's what you want to be. That's what you're going to be. You know, but no, I want to, I want to work. I want to have fun. You know, me and Tracy, man, we, and half the time, like, we'll get the work done, like, because we can report like that. But half the time, we just be geeking. We just be having fun, talking, chilling, you know, get a little bit of wine or something. And that's that. You know, we have some fun. And those make the, the, the best sessions, best sessions, you know, just to be able to connect with the individual. You know, that's and even you if you're in there, yeah. I was going to, oh, no, sorry, to, sorry to jump in, but that's what he said when he oh, yeah. recorded his track with Biggie. He's like, you know, we were just sitting there. We were just chilling. You know, we were there for yep. hours and hours and hours. And you look at the end result and it's a product of, you know, they actually enjoyed each other's company. Like you want to be there. You never want to feel right. like oh, I cannot wait to leave because right. it's just like, let me just get in, punch it in and get the hell out of there and just be done with it. That's right. the worst, especially art. Art, because as you said, it creates a feeling. Like your yep. your emotional state when you're creating the art translates directly into your project. You know that what I mean? True. Like, And it's the same, you know, for this conversation. Like I could be really down and then it changes the way I speak and then changes the way, you know, people people take it. So it's all about just making sure you got that collaboration together and it's working really cohesively that is true have you had those situations though um i have i mean i think everybody does you know and, and to be honest sometimes um sometimes i mean you give it the benefit of the doubt maybe that person is having a bad day or something you just you just never know you got to kind of like take yourself out of the situation like uh if somebody comes in and they're kind of just standoffish and don't want to talk or something like that maybe they had a bad day just never know but that's the thing of getting to know that person. Like, okay, so if they had a bad day, hey man, look, uh, if he if he don't feel like working, you know, that's that's cool. Sometimes everybody wants to get the product done because nine times out of ten they're paying for it. So they're like, no, 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 I want to get the work done. But then you'd be like, you know, I, I sometimes I just say, you know, um, man, whatever it is, dog, look, put this work in, and I guarantee, I guarantee, so much better by the time you're leaving out of here. And we start to working and the the, the, the the chemistry starts to go on because he's they he or she is starting to get into it. By the time they're leaving out there, man, it's all smiles, it's all happiness, you know. But that's understanding the mood and paying attention to your artists. You gotta pay attention to the people, man. Because those are the those, that's how you make a great product, you know. And sometimes, hey, maybe they just don't want to work, you know. But if they're paying for it, they're going to want to work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It is rare for people to be yeah. like, you know, I'm going to pay for this studio time, but no, I'm all good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I've had some, I've had some people where, you know, they just, they just weren't into it at all. You know, and then you got someone that's trying to fake the funk where they just, you know, they come in, Hey, how you doing? Yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. And then they get that phone call. Then that whole mood just drops. <laughs> dramatically like something changed their entire mood and then it starts to come out in the music because then you start to ask hey can you do this takeover and everything all right and then it starts to go spiral out of control so you know like if you pay attention to that situation sometimes i'll be like look um you know look let's just cut it out an hour let's just cut it and uh, we come back in i'll give you another hour you know 
just something, just something to kind of like put that, make that person feel at ease. That's it. That's all it is. But like I said, man, it's all about just being in tune to the individual because everybody's different. You know, that's it. Definitely. I think, you know, and the more I do do this, the more people say that literally every single person that I've spoken to and I've asked about, you know, their relationships, they're like, it is above and beyond the most important part in the music industry. You just have to have positive relationships, no matter how good you are, you need to make sure that you look after the people around you and the people that you work with. Cause like you said, it doesn't matter how good you are. If people don't like working with you, they won't. Right. Right. Yep. Something I wanted. That's that's, that's crazy. Something (laughs) I wanted to ask you was um, about, obviously I checked out your, your website as well. um, And there is a mention of, you know, you have sickle cell as well. And if people kind of forget about, you know, obviously prodigy had sickle cell and I listened to his book and he talks in depth about the effects that it had on his life and, you know, just, and these are all the things you probably don't get in his music and probably won't get in your music either, but how has it impacted you as an individual in terms of the art that you create? It's funny you mentioned that. I'm before we got on this phone call, I was just discharged from the hospital today. Damn. Um, yeah, I was, uh, uh, in the hospital since um what Monday? Yeah. Wow. And um the thing is with this with this illness, and I say that what anybody that's 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 listening with this illness, it is a wild card. Like it will it will chew without any notice. Like I was actually filming a uh, music video for Tracy this past weekend, and boom, the pain hit me so bad within my back and like my rib cage to where it was like, it felt like somebody was literally underneath my ribs is punching, punching, punching. Because like with sickle cell, since our blood cells aren't normal shape, aren't normal round shape, they're shaped literally like a half moon, like a sickle. And so they don't flow through the body properly and they catch on each other. Like, like that game, Barrel of Monkeys. Like it catches on to each other and they stick. And that causes the pain because those cells can't push through. And wherever they go, it causes the pain. So, like, with me and my music, that uh, sickle cell has, it, I will say, yes, it has impacted my music uh, uh, tremendously because it's certain things that I could have done or wanted to do. And Sickle Cell literally said, nope, <laughs> it's not happening right now. And it sucks. And I, I, I tell anybody, you know, like, we will have these days where, you know, we won't be able to get out of bed. We'll, you know, can't even lift our head up off of the pillow. But just, just be thankful that you woke up that morning because it's a lot of people that, you know, get down you know, because yes, I'm going through it, but look, I'd rather be going through it and alive than not in dead. So I'd rather, you know, push through it. And music is my outlet. It's like my main outlet when it comes to processing my pain, 
Um, being able to put everything into my work, I love it. I love it. And I think that anybody that's dealing with this uh, or any, any life-threatening illness, you know, we could tell you that just to be able to live through it, they is a blessing. More than what anybody can imagine. And anybody that doesn't understand that or just doesn't care or is insensitive to their situation, they don't need to be in your life. They don't. Because it's been a lot of times where I've gotten uh, people to say I'm lying or if I'm in pain um, uh, and I had to cancel something or I can't make it to something, I won't hear from the person in a long time. And it's it's been like that. But then I realized like, you know what? I can't please everybody. And this is something that I have to deal with, not them. I have to deal with on a daily basis. So why am I stressing and thinking about them when I need to be worrying about getting myself better? And that's the main focus, getting myself better and not worried about what this person is thinking about me. No, not no more. So like, and that comes with maturity, you know, and just making sure that you're looking out for yourself. You need that time to yourself even more than what you think that you need to spend time with somebody who's not. No, so yeah, sickle cell is it's not a game at all. And uh, like I said, I just got home from the from the hospital. I just threw something on real quick to to hop on, you know. And um, yeah, man, after this, I'm gonna rest up. This is how it is. But even when I'm in the hospital, I still have my setup. I always have my MPK mini. And my lap in my laptop, my headphones, and I'm good to go. And I keep the workflow going. Cause like I said, it's my outlet. It's all I am, man. That's what I am. Music is what I am, man. Well, man, I let me say I really appreciate you coming on because obviously, you know, being in hospital for a week and then doing an interview is not what everybody uh wants to do in terms of you know their life. So I really appreciate you know, you, you making the time because I would have uh, definitely understood if you were like, you know what, I'm not, I'm not feeling it. But, um, I think a lot of powerful messaging there in terms of, um, you know, you can get through it. It doesn't matter what it is that, you know, you can, and you're strong enough to be able to survive whatever you're going through, regardless of whether it's, you know, mental health or, or, uh, physical health, like you will, you will be able to, to get through it. And then, in addition, right. like the, the really important thing that, that you said was, you know, there's a saying that true friends are there in the darkness and then in the light, you, everyone, it's easy to be a friend when everything's going good, but then you see true friends when you're struggling yep. and you need help. And, you know, those are blessings that you get to see. all right, these people in my life are true friends and true people. And then there are others that are not. And as much as it yeah. sucks, to realize that it's like a blessing to understand that. And, you know, man, I think you're, you're definitely an inspiration for a lot of people in terms of, you know, again, you, your, your work ethic and just your, your attitude of just going, Hey, I had, you know, my headphones, I was in the hospital, I was still able to make beats and, you know, still hustling through. And, and as I said, like, I, I can't really understand, yeah. but, but in terms of you kind of, 
just the the feeling that you give and and in terms of uh kind of the way you explain i think it's really important for people to hear and people understand so i appreciate you sharing that no man i definitely appreciate you you know bringing me on the platform and just for me to be able to explain it you know any platform that i that i'm on i make sure that you know people are able to understand it to you know their best knowledge or you know from what i'm telling them you know because like i say my my whole my whole journey is wrapped around you know this lifelong battle. Like I've been, I've, like I say, man, like it's a saying that I have, and I want to share it with everybody that's listening. And I called it the three W's. And the three W's is do what you can, when you can, while you can. And that is so important. Those are words that I live by every single day. Do what you can, when you can, while you can, while you're still here, man. So definitely, man. Uh, thank you so much for real. Well, man, as I said, I think, I think wise words, I think, you know, you, you've dropped a lot of knowledge today in terms of just your outlook on life. And as I said, it is inspirational and it does give, you know, a lot of fuel for like, you know, for, for even myself to look at what do I really consider my problems and what do I really consider my struggles in life? And then, to 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 hear and it puts it all into perspective and you know no struggle is better or worse than others they're all just you know learning experiences and uh yeah i think it's it's really good of you to share and you know something i wanted to actually ask you about was growing up in baltimore because baltimore has a music scene it has you know a hip-hop kind of scene and it also has its struggles as a city but how was that growing up and then heading into the the hip-hop route well, growing up in the city, you know, like uh, my, my parents and everything, like we're, we're survivors, man. Like we, we may not have a lot, but we had enough to make sure that, you know, those, those, um, those lessons and everything was needed to be learned, you know, especially through different struggles and hardships um, and being in a city and seeing so much crime and hearing about it on the news and seeing it like when the, when the riots happened, you know, years ago and, and it's weird. I'm literally on CNN and listening to things blowing up outside, like at the same exact time. And that when that happened, it, it just put a lot of things in perspective. At first, I was like, man, I gotta get out of here. Like, like I don't want to be here. But then later on, I just was like, you know, like I love my, I, I do love my city. You know, I love, you know, that it made me the person that I am today, you know, and that I never take that away from me at all. You know, but at the same time, you know, yes, it can. It, it, it can be a dangerous place, but anywhere you go, you know, has its battles, has its struggles, you know, with crime, violence, whatever it is. You know, it's all in how you deal, you deal with it or cope with it. And me, I just, I dive straight into the music. And uh, here, the main thing here is uh, when the music scene is the Baltimore club scene, you know, Baltimore club music. And that has been an influence in a lot of different mainstream um, artists, you know, especially 
Missy Elliott. And uh, even now, uh, Iggy, Iggy Azalea has recently, um, she actually sampled uh, one, of my, one, of, one of my homies, one of my producer friends' um, uh, tracks, and um, it's in her new single. And it's, it's like, yo, we have so much talent here, but nobody likes to put that shine on the talent. They just go for straight the evil, the bad, you know, the good, bad, and the ugly here in uh, Baltimore. They don't like to focus on the good. They just focus on all the negativity. That has to change because there's a lot of great things here, but, you know, they just focus on, you know, such and such people got shot and homicides and this, that, and the third. Like, yeah, 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 we know that, but it's a lot of other things that go on, but you never know about it because they don't talk about it, but that's just the media, you know, so... Well, I spoke yeah, to uh, someone from Baltimore, uh, a really great guy, Unique. Uh, he runs like a, a dance uh, volunteer kind of program. And he does like, you know, king and queen of the streets. And he's been doing it for mm-hmm. years and years from Baltimore. Um, and he has a documentary. I forget what it's called. And it's like a music and documentary. It's focused on Baltimore club music and about like, yeah. it, it is it is unbelievable, huge uh, just shout out to him and definitely check it out. But we definitely spoke about, you know, life in Baltimore and that, and like you said, the numbers only show like one part of a very small picture because it's like yeah. the narrative that people like to talk about. Whereas like the reality of it is very different. Like when you live there, you see the difference. And some of the things he was talking about was like, you know, hoops are taken down, you know, you don't have funding in terms of, you know, schooling, but then you got, you know, bottle shops, you know, on every single block, you know, the nearest yep. library is far away. And it's like all these little things compound and you wonder why the end result is the end result. It's because the effect is miles away. Like all these different things yeah. are impacting it. And, you know, it's it's just rough and i think you know us bringing attention to it and and us focusing on the positives rather than just the negatives is the important part and you know clearly you know baltimore has amazing talent and has that ability to produce amazing yeah. artists so when you focus on the negatives you do them a disservice right that is very true very true and like i said it has to stop somewhere you know but um, but but that doesn't that doesn't hinder me from, you know, keep doing what I want to do, keep keep living and going places that I want to go, you know. Um, it just makes me more aware where not to go <laughs> and what not to do in certain places, you know. But at the same time, man, I just you know I do I uh, I love my city. I'm glad that you know I'm born and raised here, and um, you know, hey. I'm, I, I'm glad to say that I'm a, a, you know, one of those talents that came out of Baltimore. You feel me? So that's a great thing to be able to say. Yeah, man, I agree. And you're doing some fantastic things uh, in the hip hop world and in obviously other genres as well. And for anyone who hasn't heard your tracks, highly recommend check it out on check them out on Spotify. And mm-hmm. if you want to see a bunch of tracks that that OG's made. There is a playlist that is OG's on the track produced. You will see 
that playlist of every single track that he produces on Spotify. So you can definitely show some love, but there is only one question that I plan on this podcast. And it's the hardest question that I ever ask. Cause for some reason, personal questions, everyone's like, no worries, but this one seems to get everyone um, except for a very rare few, but <laughs> no pressure. Um, the question is, is cool. <laughs> uh, if you had to recommend one album that everybody should listen to at least once to get a recommendation of or to get an appreciation of, what would it be? It doesn't have to be hip-hop, by the way. It could be any genre. Um, the only limit is it obviously can't be yourself. Right. <laughs> Not myself, but it is somebody that I'm uh, affiliated with. Uh, my artist, uh, Nizza, is called uh, My Imaginary Reality, and that's on streaming platforms. And um, I swear that... That album is 20, it's 20 tracks on the album. And I recommend people listen to it to get an understanding of not only who Nizza is, but you get a chance to hear a lot of the things that, you know, I've produced, I produced the whole project, but um, for the most part, it is body of work. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I tell you, that project is amazing, and I recommend that to anybody that is a lover of thought-provoking hip-hop. That is is. <laughs> <laughs> and do you have something that you're not affiliated with? Do you have something that, like, you yeah. know? Uh, I would have to say, what's that? Oh, what, is, what is the name? Hold on. It ain't going to be that long. I just, it's a, I just can't think of the, 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 the name of the. It's so weird because every other moment you'll know it like that, like click of the fingers. You'll right. Like, and yeah. now when you're asked, you're like, oh shit, I forget. Always yeah. happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got me up there searching. I'm like, oh my goodness, man. But um, you know what? Bump it. I'm not even, I'm, 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 I'm going to just say what pretty much inspired me as a as a child, you know, growing up listening to music. I recommend anybody listen to Quincy Jones, The Dude. <laughs> that that project right there, that pretty much like changed my insight in just musicality, period. You know, like just the, his whole um it was that I think that project has so much swag to it. You know, it gets overlooked a lot to me. Like a lot of people don't mention that, dude. But that project is amazing. So yeah, Quincy Jones, the dude. Please, everybody, go check that out. <laughs> there we go. There you go. The you started searching and then you you just didn't. I trust. Like I've had podcasts where I'm literally just get out my phone. And I'm like, I got to find this. I just have to because otherwise yeah, it would drive I me crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I had to think. I was like, I know it's Quincy, but I can't remember the uh, thing. But I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, that is. It's dude. Yeah. Yes. Awesome, man. Well, as I said, I appreciate you coming through. I appreciate you, you giving me the time to speak to you. And um, it's OG's, OG's on the track. You'll hear his name in the tracks. Uh, make sure you check <laughs> him out. Uh, make sure you go to his website. I think it was OG's.com. Is that yeah, it's, yeah, it's you can go, you can go to, uh, you can type in even I, imojiz.com or, um, my, uh, uh, company website. 
uh, my, my label website, which is uh, On The Track Music Group. It's On The Track, T-R-A-K, no C, T-R-A-K, On The Track Music Group.com. And uh, check me out, check, check me out, check out what my artist is doing. And hey, there you go. And also check him out on Instagram as well. Uh, make sure you give him a follow and make sure you let him know what tracks you like because guaranteed, even if there are the odd one that you don't, you're going to like something because he can do it all. We've we've heard that before. But, man, as I said before, I really appreciate you coming through and I hope you you feel better and you recover soon um, from, obviously, your, your time in hospital. I look forward to see what you and, and Trey uh, start to do in the future and then also what you keep doing and and man as I said inspiration to to a lot of people so thank you for coming through oh man thank you for having me and I appreciate it definitely thanks for listening to the show please like and subscribe and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for upcoming podcast news also don't forget to check out my Patreon under hip hop hustle for exclusive content and to help support the show bye for now